Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is December 19th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar and Nick Hausman. Today, we talk SmackDown Live in the new, new era. Oh, my God. Nick, are you excited? I actually am far more despondent because of the new, new era that happened on Monday night. Actually, it, SmackDown was, you know, there was definitely things that I'm excited to talk about here today, but Monday night did not exactly grab me. No, the new, new era uh, did not did not hook me on Monday night. Justin, how about you? How has your life changed uh, for the better since we've been living in the new, new era and the WWE has heard us, the fans? Well, uh, that burning sensation between my toes has gone away. Um, oh, there's that. No, I'm 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 rather confused. So I'm trying to wrap my head around. So the family and people that have the majority share of the company, and whose families had that company for like fifty plus years, they're taking back their company. Yeah. Yes, because uh, everything that was wrong can be blamed on Baron Corbin and SmackDown General Manager Page. You know what this kind of reminds me of is you guys know those Domino's commercials where they're like, "We get it, our pizza sucks." We are going to, we're going to get rid of the old dough. We're going to blow up our old stupid cars that didn't have ovens in them. This is like the Domino's rebrand in many ways, I feel like. Except Domino's new pizza was actually a significant improvement. I mean, it's okay. still Domino's. Oh, dude, yeah. Domino's pizza's good. And I'm not just trying to get that sponsorship, but they're great. Their sandwiches are good. Or what Domino's considers to be a sandwich, <laughs> I think is very good. Um, and hey, know, if you I, drop your carryout pizza, they're going to replace it for you. Or if you get into a pothole, they'll fix potholes. That's what WWE should do. We will come and do, we will fix your neighborhood. We will, we will turn your schools around. Please watch our product. Yeah. And if you don't like the outcome of a match, we'll send the wrestler over to your house. Yeah. It's good. In your house. Bring that back. That's the, I mean, I, I mean, I do feel more. I mean, I have to say, I do feel I'm walking a, a bit taller. I'm walking with a little bit more of a cocky swag, knowing that I am now the authority for Raw and SmackDown. That's uh, true. Here's what it reminds me of. And here's here's my elaborate conspiracy theory about why on SmackDown, they're like, we need to change SmackDown too. It's been bad. Do you guys ever try and convince perhaps a significant other, perhaps uh, a, a boss that you've worked for, or perhaps even just a friend? There's something that they need to change, but you're afraid it's going to come across a little antagonistic. If you're like, hey, you need to work on this. So instead, you, you know, let me, let me pull one out that I used this year on a friend of mine where I said, hey, you know, I've always wanted to work on my public speaking. You know, uh, let's go to Toastmasters together. I had this elaborate manipulative scheme because he needed to work on his public speaking skills. And it would cause a huge fight if I was just like, dude, you need to change. So instead, someone went to Vince like, hey, you know what? Creative is a problem. I mean, SmackDown, God, a lot of problems there. You know, I mean, Raw could use to improve too. But SmackDown, let's just say we need to fix everything across the board, Vince. And please don't yell at me. I I definitely, I don't know exactly where that, I, I kind of lost you halfway there. But I'm with you in the sense that SmackDown did not need the rehaul. SmackDown's been fine. It felt weird having Shane out there on Monday night where he was like, yeah, SmackDown's going to change too. And everyone's like, oh, no, no, it's just him. He needs Toastmasters. It's Raw that needs Toastmasters, not SmackDown. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. They they threw SmackDown as a sacrificial lamb to get Raw to change. Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, but in, in, in some ways, I don't, I, I mean, SmackDown was already good. I mean, obviously we're going to talk about it, but there were definitely parts of SmackDown, i.e. the main event, that I thought were just like a big, I mean, a step even further in the right direction for the blue brand. Sure. But uh, I mean, to open with that news, Justin, where they're like, and former, where they, I mean, they said right from the beginning where it kind of slipped by. I was like, did they just say formal or formal, former, uh, former general manager page? Like what? What's going on here? Uh, yeah. I mean, she might be the one that loses the, the most in all of this. Um, you know, I think a lot of people felt that she was one of the better authority figures they've had just by the way that she was, you know, just by the way she could handle things, the way she was written to handle things. The open, you know, like the opening to SmackDown. I'll say this: I, I like the fact that it was different than Raw. I like, you know, I'm not, I'm still not crazy about having all the heels and faces together, but I guess it was better doing it in a backstage setting 
versus having them all come out to the entranceway. We've, we've, I think we've all agreed they've, they've overdone that. That needs to be reserved for like very, very special moments. Um, so I like the fact that it started somewhat differently. It wasn't the same, okay, let's have McMahons come out to the ring. The weird thing about it was, um, so now that all the McMahons are taking back their shows and they've gotten rid of the other authority figures, they've gotten rid of Corbin, they've gotten rid of Paige, it's almost like in a way they've, they're, they're, they're almost in a way doing away with the brand competition of separate authority figures to lead the charge of these brands. But yet, as Shane McMahon talks about, he said, he said the words Monday Night Raw and the entire SmackDown roster boos. So it's like they're still having like this brand competition, but it's all the same people the McMahon's running them. That's just odd to me. It's almost as if this uh, initiative was hastily thrown together in about a week's time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I kind of got that vibe too uh, from the opening on Monday Night Raw where, yeah, they pinned everything on Baron Corbin. They got rid of Corbin and, you know, everything should be better now, right? You all hate Baron Corbin. We got rid of him. Now you should be enjoying the show. Uh, I don't know that that is exactly the message the fans are trying to send to the McMahon's uh um with the with their tweets and such did seem a little bit like a band-aid yeah i mean clearly uh we went from that segment backstage to out in the ring becky lynch comes out uh talking about her loss to tlc charlotte comes out and the new smackdown live women's champ oscar comes out and if you think god smackdown women's division has been so good but you know what would make it even better one mr vincent kennedy mcmahon uh he decides to come out and get in the mix and uh, yeah, basically says, you know, stop whining, stop complaining. This is beneath you. Move forward. And let's have a title match right now. Naomi versus Asuka. Um, well, I mind- yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I-, I didn't mind Vince coming out. And I like the fact there's a little bit of a surprise. I like the fact sure. that advertised Vince to be at SmackDown. And, and <clears throat> if they are going to supposedly do this whole retool of everything, it would have looked weird. It, it would have looked more of the-, the favoritism that we all think we know which is you know vince loves raw and smackdown's a little bit of an afterthought so i mean it, it, it was kind of nice it kind of gave a little bit of a rub i guess that vince you know at least cared enough to make an on-screen appearance on smackdown it's not like he does that that commonly sure. in the history um and i will say when he came out i got to the edge of my seat not just because it's vince but because i'm like all right becky lynch who walks out well becky lynch out there saying you know i don't care who runs raw or who runs smackdown i run smackdown i'm the man you know we've all again we talked about the anti you know anti you know, hero kind of, you know, Stone Cold-esque, you know, that Becky has. So when I see Vince coming out and Vince kind of challenging her, kind of like, you know, get over it, I was like, oh, this, my ears are perked here. Uh, you know, the the powerful Vince and, and the rebellious Becky Lynch, and then it just kind of, they just didn't really follow through with it. Not to say they won't follow through with it later, but the segment kind of dipped down in my excitement after I realized Vince wasn't going to do anything more than just say, get over it. So is Shane not going to be a bad guy anymore? I don't know. Like, it seems like they're trying to baby the McMahons. I don't know if they're going to try to turn them all at once. Um, I did think back to the, the top where they fired yeah. Paige as the GM. Uh, I thought the reason they did it backstage was just because they knew that that would get booed in front of a live crowd. I don't know yeah. that. It, I don't know that it had anything to do with the aesthetic. I agree. Like, it's better than putting them all at the top of the ramp. But I think if they thought they could have got away with it without everybody crapping on them, they probably wouldn't have done it. You know, or they probably would have done it. I think that, yeah, this was, I, I agree. I love the chemistry here with, with Vince. I think there was a moment halfway through where the women kind of realized, oh, wait, we have this opportunity and I could see their chest puff up a little bit. It didn't seem to really manifest in anything, but I definitely get the vibe here that like, yeah, are the McMahons, are they all good guys now? Like, I think that I, you know, if Shane was a bad guy, he should just fired Paige in the middle of the ring to start the show. He did it backstage. I don't know if that's maybe a, a sign that they're going to reverse direction a bit. Well, Annie said we're gonna have a new role for her. Whatever that means, is she gonna be like the the the, the his personal secretary? Like you know, they're, uh, she can't wrestle. So like, what's the? I, nothing, I don't know. Like, yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing says babyface like, hey, I'm gonna make a, a beloved figure my personal secretary, right? That's right. Yeah, right. I mean, they got to keep her around, right? They got to promote the movie with the Rock. So maybe she commentary. <sighs> Renee's good on commentary. Maybe Paige will be on commentary for SmackDown. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah. I don't know. This was just a weird opening because I think the women's, uh, the, the three women in the ring, people were obviously there to see. People wanted to hear from more and have Vince come out and just sort of like, you know, the Sandman on the Apollo move things along with that broom and say, uh, hey, let's have a title match. I don't know. I feel like they could have uh, gotten more out of this. I mean, I big, pi- big yeah, picture, big picture. Can we all agree that this, at least, I mean, like, it can't stay like this 
forever, right? So I mean, like at some point, and obviously, again, when you alluded to it, they they, they quickly put this together. So they, they you know they weren't going to do anything too too drastic this past week. They can try to maybe now set the pieces for long term. But I mean, can we all agree this has to at some point? They're having all this now influx of NXT people come now here quickly. Michael Cole even says when Triple H comes out, he's the brainchild behind the mastermind behind NXT. You know, NXT like this this has to result in like some clash, right? And the obvious clash is Vince and Triple H. I mean, is that, that, that I mean that, that they can't all just stay babyface. Hey, we're going to give all of you guys all this great change, right? I mean, this this has to. That's the result, right? Big picture. I genuinely don't know where this is going, Justin. I if there had been a stronger hook for me on Monday night, then. Yeah, I think I could have waxed about where this is going, but I ge- I genuinely don't know. It kind of just feels to me like, oh, things are bad. Well, maybe if we put the McMahons in charge of everything again, that always seems to work. And rather than giving it the thought that I feel like it has in the past, it's really just on the surface. That's just about it. And you know, this this led to Vince bringing Naomi back out here uh, to face Oscar. You know, we saw Tyler Breeze on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I get it. You know, let's get some fresh blood in the mix. But the, you know, not that Naomi has been fairly protected, but Tyler Breeze has been a joke. You know, you're trying to take these guys, the revival that have been treated like jokes that haven't been taken seriously. And now you're trying to say, oh, well, we, we messed up. Here's what you really love. And you're getting like a, a banged up can of soup. You're not getting the, the fresh thing off the shelf, you know? Yeah. Now, if uh, Nikki Cross had come out and challenge Oscar, sure, that would have been fresh. Now those those six aren't all coming to Raw, right? It's just to WWE now. So that's correct. Nikki Cross would could conceivably wind up on SmackDown, right? She could. Yeah. No, I, I would have liked to have seen last night open with almost a mutiny, and then with Shane being like, "No, no, we had to pretend SmackDown was bad to get Raw to change." Uh, but I would like to see Paige, even Road Dog, out there being, you know, get whipping up the crowd, being like, "SmackDown, we're doing something right." Uh, I don't know, just having Vince come out and. Uh, but I, this- that goes back to your point, though, Glenn. Like, yeah. I agree. I completely agree with you, but they're not going to do that because it maybe it'll hurt Vince's feelings. Exactly. Got to book that Toastmaster class. You know what? Your metaphor is making more sense now. <laughs> yeah. That, no, this was an elaborate ruse to be like, yeah, we're going to fix SmackDown too, guys. Uh, yeah. Because Naomi, they brought her. Naomi has been the women's champ. Naomi was tag teaming with Asuka. Naomi has not suffered the way Tyler Breeze has. Um, she is, I wouldn't call her even an overlooked talent. It was cool yeah. to see this match, but... This wasn't a huge surprise. But the women have been treated so much better than the men in a lot of respects. And the fact that we haven't seen Naomi in the title picture in a while doesn't mean that she's banged up and and battered goods like Tyler Breeze. And I would say the revival to a degree. Because, yeah, the last time we saw her, she was competitive. Then she was gone for a little bit. Now she's back. That's how it's supposed to be, right? You keep everybody hot and some people are in the back burner. Some are in the main event. That's good booking, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we might be we might be overthinking <clears throat> the choice of why it was Naomi. I mean, I, I mean, simply it could just be Naomi was team with Oscar there for a minute, and we all were just kind of like, okay. And then all of a sudden, now Oscar's back into prominence, being the champion. So it might have just been the natural, hey, let's have the two former partners, even if it was short lived. Sure. Um, and it's a fresh singles matchup. I, I, I don't think we need to overthink it that much more. Like, okay, what other woman should they have brought out there to? to make it fresh but um well i mean let me uh put out this thought where i think with naomi especially now that we are in a little bit of a lull um before they start to build up to the royal rumble i actually think there could have been a story that they would have done with this match even to have naomi and oscar naomi to be like hey former partner how about you give me a shot now um and just build something a little more from them i actually think there was some potential here for this and it was sort of uh just thrown away last night Whereas maybe they could have gotten a little more out of this had they developed it with at least some sort of bookend. Yeah, uh, Na- Naomi is, you know, she's a she's the first level boss here on the on the road to WrestleMania. You didn't want to get right back in there with with Charlotte or Becky. You had to have somebody go out there, and you know they want Oscar to be a fighting champion. Um, Naomi's credible competition. This was a credible win. It, it builds credibility for Oscar. Naomi's not really supposed to be the focus here. It yeah. does seem like. You know, this was about keeping the three, Oscar, Charlotte, and Becky, hot. And Naomi held her own with the champion, remains viable competition, and uh, should be able to find hopefully something more personal down the card with another female wrestler that she could be doing going into WrestleMania. And she resisted the Oscar lock uh, a few times before succumbing to it, which yeah. is, you know, good on her. But ultimately, she did tap out to the Oscar lock. Uh, this one, a couple segments, you know, uh, and then. Backstage, if you thought Vince's role was over, oh no, because the, the Miz knocks on the dressing room door labeled the McMahon family. 
and uh, asked for Vince's blessing to make Shane his partner. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that just such a Mr. McMahon thing to say? I've never granted a blessing in my life. It's just such a Vince. Like, I've never granted. Like, <laughs> he really hates God. I mean, I've gathered that. Like, Vince McMahon has a disdain. I mean, a disdain for God. I mean, he's beat him in the ring. He didn't say Merry Christmas at the top of the show. He said Happy Holidays, right? Ooh. He doesn't believe in blessings here. Guys, I mean, this is why Vince hates sneezing. He never wants people to say bless you. Well, when you wonder about, like, what's going on with booking and stuff, understand you are dealing with an older man who is Older staring, man, a 72-year-old man, showing is, all of those 72 years last night. Who has a disdain for God. And, like, that is, like, really an interesting mental place to be when you're writing for, like, children and teenagers. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, do really like the, I do like the play on, like, the Miz basically acting like, a man wanting to marry Shane. Like I do love the, you know, the, 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 the parody of asking for a blessing so I can have like this marriage to your son, give your son away to me a sense. I See, did. This, yes. You know, I did find that funny. This makes sense now because we're doing it's Vince McMahon's 1950s style courting uh, storyline, right? Like we're going to have you win my son over like we did in my day. Right. You know, I uh, put this idea out there months ago about what they could do with Daniel Bryan. And this just occurred to me, uh, notwithstanding the spoilers from the Christmas episode they taped last night, maybe this ultimately leads to The Miz being the GM of SmackDown. What better way to put him in a WrestleMania-worthy feud with Daniel Bryan? Yeah. I, I mean, it would be, I don't know that that's the right... I don't know. I feel like they're doing a good job of keeping him and Bryan apart to the point that I don't know if they are going to intersect at Mania. This hmm. seems to be largely Miz and the McMahon stuff. And... Uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing with the McMahon's in charge right now, but Miz like trying to get into that family relationship. It's a weird subplot, and I don't, I don't see it. I mean, it does seem like they're kind of shooting them off in different directions than Brian. I don't, I, to me, I don't see it right now. Yeah, well, I think he has to get there before you come back around to it. But I think the Miz would be an excellent GM. Sure. You know, that's why you keep him uh, relevant in this. So uh, yeah, he, he wants the blessing. He wants to be. Shane's partner, his tag team partner. And uh, Vince said he was going to set up a match for later that night if The Miz wins that with his mystery partner. That, uh, yeah, you know, things will move forward with the storyline. Caleb Braxton backstage with Rusev and Lana and setting up the feud uh, or setting up the match, the title match that's going to happen on the Christmas edition of SmackDown. Rusev battling Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I like how they uh, built this up. Uh, like I'm showing the photo of Shinsuke, the Sonic the Hedgehog dig. I think it was great Shinsuke's rebuttal later in the night. Um, but what did you think of this, Justin? Well, this this promo, um, given the promo the time they did and letting Rusev really do his comedy chops, and then even Nakamura's response later where, yeah, Nakamura was – you know, making fun of Rusev, but in the WWE's, you know, Kate, you know, my true mindset, they're, they're, they're showcasing Rusev and, and how entertaining he can be on, on a reality show. This right here screams more of what I think Nick said, you know, earlier, what we, I think we all recognize here, which is, you know, okay, the McMahon's trying to take the show back. Okay. Everybody that you guys have wanted that we haven't given you enough of, we're going to all of a sudden push it right at you. Everybody's wanted Rusev and Lana. So now we're, we're going to give them a longer backstage promo where they get to be funny and charming. And then we're even we're going to showcase how funny and charming and, and good looking they are on this reality show. Like, you know, no, never mind getting into next week's Christmas episode. This right here to scream more of, OK, we're going to, you know, we we you guys didn't know better. You kept chanting for Rusev Day and we were telling you it wasn't time. Oh, now it's time for Rusev. Day. <laughs> it's like here we go. But but in the, in the true measurements of this whole thing, again, big picture, true measurement is let's see how long they go with it. If, if, if in two months from now, we're still doing a weekly podcast and going. You know, we're still seeing an attempt of fresh matchups. They are pushing new people and keeping it diverse. Then we can go back and say, okay, maybe they did take it seriously. If in two months from now we're like, all right, it's back to the same old, same old, then, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. The only difference with Rusev is I feel like unlike Tyler Breeze, the revival to a lesser extent, Naomi, Rusev has maintained his popularity. You know, yeah. this, this isn't a guy who who's battered goods, in my opinion. This is a guy who's, you know, weathered the storm. And if this is the time to put some wind behind his sails, 
and they really are serious about it. Of the people we've seen get this renewed push, I bet I bet on Rusev to to come out on top. No, yeah, but no, no, and and I completely agree with that, Nick. You're right. He, he's not the battered goods that some of the other talents uh, could be categorized, which to me, in some ways, is even funnier to me because it's like, you know, I could see I could see WWE's mindset being, oh, well, you know, Tyler Breeze, he's you know, um, you know, he's kind of fallen over here, and 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 the rival, they kind of fallen here. But it's like, no, Rusev has maintained popularity. The merchandise sells. Why, you know, why did it take to this point for you to have to? To push him again, happy that he's being pushed, but it, to me, it's just kind of comical with that regard. You know, he's really gotten screwed in all this is Aiden English. I feel like Aiden English needs to get back on the Rusev Day bandwagon. Yeah, I, I don't know what Aiden's. Go- I feel like we're going to see Aiden pop up in NXT doing something in 2019. I, I Lord knows NXT needs people because I mean Vince is pillaging. <laughs> I mean, well, what, what what do you think Triple H is feeling like? What do you think Triple H is feeling like whenever they decided to do all this in the past five days, seven days, and Vince says, okay, we're going to quickly, never mind just Lars Sullivan, we're going to grab these other people and we're going to bring them up now because we need to spice things up. I mean, imagine Triple H going, well, all right, well, that really Fs with my plans. Well, <laughs> but I don't know because EC3 wasn't like you got guys that, I mean, other than Lars, but EC3 wasn't doing nothing. Yeah, this is kind of like the BB plus of NXT. They didn't poach Ricochet, Velveteen, Adam Cole. You know, Dakota Kai, even Shayna. I agree. This was not the top. This was not scraping off the top. Yeah, well, it's still talent. Has to, it's still talent that has to be replenished. But they've they've got plenty. They there's they're just they're just manufacturing them down there in Florida. Build them. Yeah, seriously. Um, so we go out to the ring. Jeff Hardy's out there, uh, rebutting Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe talking about his demons. Jeff acknowledging what he's done wrong, tries to do better. Joe comes out to the ring, wants to apologize face-to-face. Joe's sorry because, of course, there is no apology. Shocking. Uh, Hardy basically calls him a loser. He's never held a title in the WWE. And uh, turned to fisticuffs. The feud continues. I like Jeff Hardy without makeup. I thought that was kind of poignant. It's needed. If you're going to go, if you're going to do this, he's got to be a real person. I mean, as much as Jeff Hardy can be an actual human being. That's uh, what we need here. Again, this, I mean... It's just not for me. I don't dig it. It's it, I just not. I'm, I don't like this kind of stuff. And I felt the same way after watching this tonight, last night. I like Jeff. Uh, I, I like him taking the shot of you know Samoa Joe. You haven't had any titles. That's of course going to get the ooh and ah reaction it did. And it is. It is obviously a fact. Um, you know, after all these years, after how many? It's been at least two decades. This has been in the the the, the wrestling vocabulary. Can we find some other word than demons? to encompass mm. a wrestler's personal issues. I don't know. I, I think, you know, we've, we've reinvented so many things. They, they, they've evolved so many things in the world of pro wrestling and WWE specifically. Can we, can we find a new word from demons? Well, just call it out. You like meth, right? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we do. It wasn't. No, that's not factually. Uh, well, I mean, it's wrestling. What's blur reality and fiction here? I don't know. It's, I'm not going to. I agree. Let's not beat around the bush. You got to <laughs> I wasn't off. I wasn't off smoking crack. Yeah, exactly. What are the yeah. kids? What What are the younger kids like? I mean, I, I don't know because my my kids aren't old enough yet to for me to have this interaction with them. But like, what are what are like the ten and twelve year old kids watching? Who obviously is a, is a target demo. For WWE. What like do they turn to their parents and go like demons? Because like, I mean, like what and what are and what are the context that they heard demons? Like, I mean, the, 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 the Bible. I don't know. Like, what, what like what do they think of when they hear demons? Cain and Finn Balor. I agree. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I found a fifth of whiskey in your bag, Jeff. You're you're not sober. You have a problem. <laughs> right? Yes. You told me these bath salts were for your spa day. Bath salts. Yes. yes. All, I, all, all I'm saying is that in the summer of 1996, when I was, let's say I was nine years old, um, I would have probably had a harder time understanding what the hell demons Jerry the King Lawler was talking about with Jake the Snake Roberts. I didn't have to do all that interpretation. I saw Jerry the King Lawler pull out a bottle that I'd seen in my dad's cabinet, which was Jack Daniels. I'm like, oh, I get it. It's a drinking problem. It made sense. I, I mean, the d- demons, I don't know. Like, Maybe that's what they should say. You have, you're an alcoholic. Is that more direct? Like, you're an alcoholic. You have a substance abuse issue? <laughs> Actually, God, that would have been. Could you imagine if Samoa Joe was out there with like pamphlets for rehab, and it was just like the company will pay for it, Jeff. We've got a van waiting outside. Well, I called your family; they packed a bag. 
Well, obviously, the reason Vince doesn't offer these guys like AA and rehab is because he doesn't believe in God. And like the first step in rehab is like you have to like admit that like you're putting your life in God's hands and that you are not in control. <laughs> Please, it's just, it's just a higher power. They've changed it to a higher power. Okay, something fine. greater than yourself. Well, then you have to put your faith in Vince McMahon because he is the <laughs> higher power. That's an actual fact. Oh, God, can you imagine if Vince was like, I'm going to run the meeting. Okay, everybody. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, they, they need some new words there. How many times do we keep hearing changing the complexion of this match? You know, I mean, they just keep leaning on the same antiquated terms again and again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Man. So, our truth and Car uh, Carmella versus The Miz and Mandy Rose. Now, The Miz saved Mandy Rose from getting eliminated on Tough Enough the season she was on. Kind of like that. Kind of like that little callback. Which I think you're the only... Which I saw your tweet. I think you're probably the only person that remembered that. He gave, uh, like, a big defense of her. She's every, at the time, she's everything a diva should be in the WWE. Actually, it's funny, considering how he met Maurice and courted her, it's actually kind of a little weird when you think back to the parallels. And considering uh, how much they look alike. Yeah, how much they look alike, and now they're That's teaming it. together. I On that note, you kind of get the vibe that, like, maybe they would do, like, a cheating angle with Miz and Mandy. No, because not because of Miz and Mrs. They won't. I don't think they'll touch it. I think they'll have Maurice giving him a hard time on an episode of Miz and Mrs. about it and maybe something backstage, but I don't think they would seriously ever insinuate that. So the Miz commits adultery, and that's now going to be classified as his demon. Oh, yeah. You have a problem keeping it out of people, Miz. How about that? Is that a, is that a better way to put it? Yeah, you back in the day with what was her name? Trishel or whatever from the real world uh, that he I hooked up with? I can see I can see the point about Miz and Miss, but at the same time, they love doing stuff on those shows. Like I'm sure this season of Total Bellas, we're gonna get the segment like on the first episode where Daniel Bryan sits down and he's like, "I'm a heel now. Here's what a heel is," and he like explains to women drinking their white wine what it is to be a bad guy professional wrestler. And I could I could see Miz and Maurice, and you know maybe Maurice is like, "Well, I don't like the story they have you in right now." You know, I, I that, that's just kind of the way they handle it on those shows. Fascinating. You guys should watch it. I mean, I mean oh, what's that? No, I was going to say, Nick's right. I mean, at one point, this is several years ago, I mean, they they hinted at when, when Nikki and John were at their uh, height, they, they teased at Dolph Ziggler trying to court Nikki again. That's right. Uh, That's right. You know, and that was on the show. That was on the show. I mean, like, and, and they and they alluded to the fact that Dolph Ziggler, or Nick, as Nikki refers to him, like that, that, that him and her, before her and John, like they had some like type of a fling or relationship so i mean yeah i mean nick's not wrong they they don't shy away with stirring the pot a little bit i mean even with rusev and lana i think they've they've even you know poked a little bit at like you know you know there other was, people going after lana you know. yeah there was a there was a bar episode right or something where like lana danced with a dude or something and rusev got really upset about it and was yeah. like he's very traditional i remember that yeah 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 See, I thought between that and then uh, Lana luring Enzo and then Lana and Aiden, I was like, oh, that's the little game that gets Rusev going. That he's got to, you know, beat up the guy that's trying to take his woman. And then they make passionate love. That You just described Total Divas. You should write for them. You should be a producer. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, good, good news, buddy. You got a job writing for the WWE. Oh. Is it, is it NXT? Is it Raw? Dare I say, is it SmackDown? No, nah, dude. Total Divas. Man, there's some real like we watch 90 Day Fiance and like the people that like produce those shows are just evil people. The other one that's good, too, is my big fat gypsy wedding. What awful producers. Those people will do anything. One of the craziest things I've ever heard. And we we, we brought him into Pittsburgh several years ago. and He appeared on Share Shot Reality. Um, Jason Carrion, who is all who's a New York City firefighter. He's also an independent <laughs> professional wrestler. And he's gotten famous. For he was on, um, and now, now it's slipping up. It's where you, it's where you go when you meet the bride for the first time at the altar, and then you like figure out if you, and then you guys get married, and then you figure married out. Married at first sight. Married at first sight. Thank you. Um, and so I met him and, and, and his wife, and they're still together. And like when he told me about like the behind the scenes stuff, you're not. I mean, it's they're talk, talk talk about like just putting your talk about basically letting somebody basically rent your life. You know, it essentially, it's, it's it's they're mean. They're mean people. They're evil people. Yes, I shouldn't say they're evil, but they're mean. I people. can't see. I can't see Glenn being that evil. I did get excited that Temptation Island is coming back. 
I was very close to being a part of uh, Billy Corgan was going to do a reality show on AMC before AMC abandoned all the reality programming because that fifth and loud show by kiss was a miserable failure. Um, but they were going to bring me in to like break up the, what was it? Billy wanted me. He didn't like the, he didn't like the people that were running the company, like legitimately in real life. And he wanted me to come in and like, as a young guy, take over the company and really piss off the people that he had employed to run his wrestling company. It was uh, interesting hearing that pitch. I was like, wow, you guys make me the bad guy here. All right. I'm okay with that. Well, you know, the world is a vampire. Was fifth yeah. and La- was, was fifth and Lau and kiss when they were trying to get the arena football team in LA. Yes, it was. Yeah. I, I actually watched it. And enjoyed it. I, you know, who was one of the uh, producers and writers on that in the wrestling business? Hmm. Krista Joseph. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It may have been why Billy was on that because he filmed there was like three episodes of the Billy Corgan uh, pro wrestling pilot film frame. See, I have no idea where they are, but it's out there. I wonder too that I was with the pilot that I with Matt Hardy and Bruce Pritchard where they were going to do like a bar rescue, but it was going to be for wrestling. And Bruce Pritchard was going to be the John Taffer. Oh. And like, they, they, they would go to bad indies and then they would like get him like a new <laughs> ring and they would get him like better lighting. And I was at a pilot that they did with uh, with 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 Matt was like the feature wrestler they brought in to help you know shine up the, the bar the metaphor of the wrestling company and again Pritchard was a, was the taffer and I keep asking like does anybody know what the hell happened and nobody, nobody can answer what's where where, where it lives so. wow I want to watch that show it would be kind of interesting now to have a show that focused on different indie wrestlers who aren't doing ROH or TNA. I mean, like well, the, other, the real, the real indie leagues, you know. The other day, the other day, an episode of Mari was uh, uh, my, my my boyfriend's a wrestler and he's cheating on me with ring rats. I saw that. I'm so glad you brought that up. I thought the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> what a I wonder if I wonder if those wrestlers after they got off that show. I wonder if they're eight by ten to their gimmick table was like screenshots of them on Mari with you know the results are in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Anyhow, back to SmackDown. Uh, R-Truth and Carmella, of course, won the Mixed Match Challenge. They're going on an all-expense-paid trip to WWE headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. And uh, will be number 30 in the respective Royal Rumbles. Yeah, the Miz and Mandy Rose won this in a short order. Skull-crushing finale to Truth. For the win, um, I thought it was notable the other night that Carmella was rapping with R-Truth. Normally... You get the what's up role, but they were like trading, trading rhymes back and forth. I, I would guess if Carmelo is willing to play and has ideas, Ron Killings has always been very giving of his character, his personality to whoever he's working with. I think these two are having a lot of fun. I love these two together. I think Carmella is the number 30 in the women's rumble is fine. It's just like when she carried money in the bank with truth. I'm, I'm fine with him doing this right now. I don't know where they're going, but if you're going to have him be the number 30, I do think there's a story to tell about Ron Killings trying to take one more shot at a world title. I mean, this is a former NWA world's champion. He's been in the business over 30 years. He still looks great. He can still go. I would like to hear that story. I'd like to see that story play out. I think he deserves another run, a final run perhaps. Uh, But look, this guy's always been over and he's always been legitimate. I mean, he can do comedy when they need him to do comedy, but when they need someone who can actually go, he doesn't just hold his own. He shines. I think he's fantastic. First ballot Hall of Famer. One of the best in the business that we've ever seen. And he has really uh, carried the WWE in the sense that he could just do whatever they, they need of him. He's one of the few guys you can always just throw in there, get a good crowd reaction, get a good match. Yeah. Love our truth. Yeah, and that's but, why I say give him a chance to strip it down. Let him tell his story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the Miz and Mandy Rose won that match. We will see what happens next week in the saga of uh, Shane and the Miz and their courtship to becoming partners. Got a little uh, series of vignettes about the coming soon from NXT. Lars Sullivan, Lacey Evans, EC3, Nikki Cross, and Heavy Machinery, Tucker Knight, and Otis Dozovic. We don't know which brand everyone will land on. Heavy Machinery tweeted something about coming to Tuesdays. So maybe they are SmackDown bound. Maybe they were just confused because they don't know what's going on and saw the promo air on SmackDown. Can you imagine? Well, at least one person had to have found out from the promo. 
Well, and it's kind of interesting too that they because I do think that on Raw they said they were coming to Raw, and I could be wrong, but it I don't I kind of remember them saying maybe this is the Bernstein Bears effect. I remember them saying Raw they were coming to Raw. Now it's WWE. Do you think they're maybe thinking of ending the brand split? I mean, if they're kind of just like oh these guys are coming up, maybe they don't know where they want them to go. Maybe they're thinking it's time to consolidate powers again, get all the best on one roster, and and go back that route. I don't know. God forbid think, that happens. So. I think they, I think they have so much talent. I don't know how you can merge back again because then you're just going to end up putting, you know, Daniel Bryan's going to be appearing heavily on both shows. You know, all, all your top guy, you know, all your top guys and girls are going to appear on both. I mean, you're just going to, I don't, I don't see how you really could. I mean, and, and again, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how the full whole Fox deal next fall how that necessarily plays into. I mean, I mean, in a way, Fox might like it because again, we've we've all. You know, we've talked about and we'll continue to talk about, you know, Fox and USA. Are they going to start to get jealous of who has who? I don't know. But I, I don't see how you can end the brand split. I, I mean, it's one thing to have McMahon's controlling both shows, which is really how it is anyways. But I don't really know how, how you can combine rosters again and let that be effective. Mm. Yeah. So the Usos out in the ring talking about even though things are changing, one thing remains the same. And that's the Usos run this show. Talk about not getting pinned at TLC in the triple threat match. And they call out the bar, but are interrupted by Gallows and Anderson, who come out and come, you know, a little self-deprecating in their promo about how they haven't been on TV since August. They count the number of months, four months. And they're one of the best tag teams in the past decade. And they've been on the sidelines, but no more. It's time for them to clean house. Starting with a match between the Usos versus Gallows and Anderson. Uh, Justin, what'd you think of this? Uh, Match wise, it's it was good. I mean, you're not going to go wrong with these four guys. Um, you know, again, as we break the wall, as we break the wall, which is what we're doing this whole thing here. I mean, we think about okay, so again, part of this initiative, we send the, the, the we send Gals and Anderson out there, and we have them identify the fact that they haven't been used on TV in four months, and 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 how great they once were in, in terms of in terms of you know one of the hottest tag teams in the world. It's just again, so Vince and everybody knowingly had them go out and say that having to basically admit their mistake, admit their lack of using them. And again, the true measurement, let me see in two months, are we still getting a fresh rotation of, of using everybody? Or is it, or is, you know, by the time we're at rumble, are we back to the old ways? I don't know. But again, match, good match. Yeah. I mean, going forward, Nick, what do you, how do you think they're going to pull this off and keep it going? That they're just literally going to be like each week, like, Hey, you were on TV last week. Maybe this week we give someone else a shot. And really it, try and balance this? It's weird, right? I mean, again, this is the battered can of soup, you know, metaphor. I mean, these guys, like they said, they haven't been on TV since August. I, I think for the hardcore fans, yeah, they're excited to see Gallows and Anderson back. Maybe this is a bit of uh, WWE trying to curry favor with that crew of guys as it is because it doesn't seem like they're too happy. If you watch the latest BTE episode, Being the Elite, they straight up called out WWE's treatment of the tag division on that uh, latest episode. Um. I want to think that these guys are going to shine and uh, and stand out, but I, I got to in my head. It's like, how does the casual fan think about this? They don't. They haven't seen these guys since August. Tyler Breeze is non-existent, right? The revival are bad guys, but now you're supposed to like them. It seems a little confusing to me. I'm. I, I get that you're playing to your base in some ways, like your most ardent people that are buying shirts and things like that. But at the same time, to the casual viewer, it it seems like it could be a bit. Uh, jarring yeah no and i think uh they they have to find a way to keep the tag team seem fresher because case in point after having this match uh get going out comes the bar to interrupt it out comes sanity to interrupt it's like oh hey the same people we've been seeing every week not that not sanity is not the same people every week yeah sanity we haven't seen in a while here there i would put them back on the shelf of of battered kansas soup as well didn't they run in or no i'm thinking maybe the survivor series match but they've been on tv a little bit more not Not really really. not not not, not much more than gals and anderson no no not at all yeah these guys have been largely overlooked and i mean even since their debut you haven't seen them we don't i mean i can't other than that uh united we purge line on smackdown which is like the highlight of their run for me uh, <laughs> that's the highlight yeah i mean they haven't done anything else right well, killian last- dane covered up his weird shoulder hair i think i the- think the last time we saw sanity part of this was um didn't they like walk out with nikki cross and then nikki cross finished her match and they went to the back 
That is correct. I believe I you are correct that. in that. So, yeah, I mean, Sanity here, again, it's like to the casual fan, do they even know what's going on here? I mean, I guess that's what Sanity should have debuted like anyway. Um, and to the to the hardcore fan, I, I feel like they're a little disillusioned here to Sanity. So, again, I guess if we're resetting the table here, it's going to take a little time to get, to get used to this. Uh, but I will note, if you notice the bar, last week on the show, my biggest takeaway from the rap battle was, the bar looks fly in tracksuits, and they should keep the tracksuits. And guess what? They did. And I 100% approve. I think this is great. I thought the bar looked fly and tough in their Goomba uh, tracksuits. And yeah, Cesaro I, looks like a Ukrainian mobster. Yes, I agree. You know what? He should. They should be running guns. They should be running illegal <laughs> arms. I would believe that. Let's get real. Jeff Hardy, you have a substance abuse issue. The bar, you are running guns and other weaponry. These are stakes, people. <laughs> Let's finish up this match. We got to go get to a gun deal. Uh... <sighs> Justin, you know you love it, actually. Like, you're kind of sitting there and you're like, in my head. Because I, I could see Seamus and Cesaro and them taking, like, they would run with stuff like that oh for sure it's like what's in the what's in the case you guys got a big wooden crate behind you what's in the crate and they're like none of your business we're gonna tag match to get to they put yeah, it they're, in a room. they're doing a deal with razor ramon and then jeff hardy shows up to buy some cocaine yeah look we're gonna do another saudi show the bar has to come for <laughs> <laughs> oh good lord uh so that match ended in chaos no contest. They, they like fight somebody to the back parking lot and just sho- shove them in the trunk of their car and drive off. Yes, they should be legitimate, like murderous gangsters. Like, I love the Euro. Euro mobsters is a great descriptive of them. Yes. What is it? Hooligans? Is that the name of hooligans? Oh. That's like more like the soccer fans. Right? Yes, oh. soccer fans who fight. I want it so bad. Maybe it's a better, it'd be a better studio, WWE Studios film. We should call up James Nunn and be like, hey, what if the bar. <laughs> that's the marine seven there you go oh they'd be such good villains in the marine seven oh so it's good villains and then and then and then whoever who's the new good guy in the marine now now that the they don't have one yet maybe it's jeff hardy and he's overcoming a troubled past he's trying not to revert back to oh maybe he got kicked out of the marines yes oh that's believable too yeah uh, such a great idea. Such good idea. Good idea. That's all I can say. Uh, fella. Uh, speaking of good ideas, Shinsuke Nakamura backstage showing the footage from Total Divas with Rusev. Uh, just letting Rusev's charm wash over you. Building up to their match for the U.S. Championship on Christmas Day. After that, uh, let's see, backstage, Mustafa Ali and AJ Styles were backstage talking about their tag team match in the main event with against uh, Daniel Bryan and Andrade Cien Almas. Then uh, we saw some announcements of matches for next week. Promo for Tribute to the Troops, The New Day, Look Back at the Year, airing this week on the USA Network. And then out to the ring comes WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Says he killed the move, the yes movement, and on Sunday at TLC, he destroyed the house that AJ Styles built. He's not about destruction, he's about creation, a new world order on SmackDown, and people fear change. Oh, and then Fresno, the number one worst polluters in the state of California. I enjoyed that. Um, out comes Almas, and uh, then AJ Styles, and Mustafa Ali wearing the light up gear, looking like a million bucks. Yeah, this, this was a match. He should come out looking like that. Yeah, he was great here. I thought Brian was great too. I mean, Brian has really found his voice here. Um, and what an opportunity for Mustafa Ali. I mean, la- I didn't know where they were going to go with him after last week. I had heard uh, reports that Daniel Bryan was going to maybe go up against different cruiserweights each week in an attempt to maybe rebuild that division up a bit. But no, I mean, it definitively looks like the reason they did this was they're getting behind Mustafa Ali. This isn't about getting behind the, the 205 Live. This is about getting behind Mustafa Ali. And that is an inc- – I mean, they say that out loud. If you think back to – I think it's two and a half years ago, this guy was an alternate to the Cruiserweight Classic. Alternate. He didn't even make the 32. 
Somebody had to go down with injury, I think, for him to even be able to compete. This guy is the real story here. And I, I'm ecstatic. I didn't think they'd do it, but what a great opportunity for him to, to get to do this here. And they announced he's on the SmackDown roster permanently now. So Good. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Justin, what'd you think of this match? Oh, it was a great match. It was fun. You know, I, I, I like the dynamic of, of you have the two kind of up and comers and Mustafa Ali and Almas versus the two <clears throat> established vets and styles and Brian. And that's who you're, that's what they're building to the hot tag for. <clears throat> um, you know, to Nick's point, I mean, to be fair, that might have been the plan as of last Tuesday was just, okay, Mustafa Ali, it's just, this is just his week, and we are going to have a, a, a buffet line of 205 Live guys that are going to work Daniel Bryan. But then, of course, when they, <laughs> well, whenever they decided to do this panic button of, you know, we got to shake things up, they might have said, well, let's let's go with what, what what's one of the bright spots of our programming, which was the people's surprise and enjoyment of Mustafa Ali being put in the spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was exciting. This is, I mean, it really... You look at who the big winners, who the big losers out of all of the shakeup change. Uh, you could say Paige is one of the big losers. She's getting potentially removed from what she did good at. And, and the, maybe the biggest winner is the 205 Live brand actually just looking, it, it getting a rub out of all this. It's funny you mentioned that. Now I think about the buffet line of uh, cruiserweights, and that seems like a Vince idea, like Spinal Tap and Stonehenge. We'll just get some littler guys to make Daniel look bigger. You know, I, I, I get that reference, and that's hilarious. Uh, but that they didn't intend to have tiny Stonehenge. They wanted a big Stonehenge. Um, with no, the, that's, why they, that's why they had the dwarves dancing around it to make the little Stonehenge look bigger. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> another discussion for another day. I've seen Spinal Tap too many times. Um, uh, Mustafa Ali pinned Daniel Bryan here, right? And yes. that's huge. Uh, I, I mean, Ali just pinned the world champion after what? after knocking Daniel Bryan in the face with that with his knee. <laughs> Yeah, he did. But, you know, look, Ali Ali pinned Daniel Bryan here. And in my head, you know, I wonder where you're going with this. And I, maybe I'm going to sound crazy here saying this, and I maybe I probably will. But you got to you got to win over the world champion. Hot underdog baby face. Is this guy a dark horse for the Rumble? Hmm. Maybe. I guess I think... we got a month here or so, but Ali as as a rumble winner would be unexpected. The fans are obviously behind him. He's credible. He's beat the world. He's pinned the world champion. It just, it came to me uh, and I was like, that's it's plausible, but I don't know if it's possible. I think he, I think you could put a realistic, you know, bet on him, maybe being a dark horse for like, to be one of the surprising guys of the final four, final six. But I mean, think about what you're really talking about here. I mean, it, it, okay. So he, so a dark horse, he wins the rumble. So what his matches against Dan O'Brien at mania, a match that we just got here on SmackDown. Granted, there'd be whole different stakes. It'd be a build. There'd be story behind him. I get all that, but um, you know, maybe keep Mustafa Ali. I mean, he's just just got on the SmackDown roster now. I mean, let him stay on the Raw or SmackDown roster for the next year. And if he continues to seem like he's rising and has bright spots and big wins, maybe Rumble of 2020, I could say, oh, maybe he's a guy who's had a who's just he's burst on the scene uh, for them. But I, I mean, this year. He's one of those surprise guys I could see again down to the final four, final six. And you know, there's always that one underdog they let come to the end. Um, just to kind of keep the crowd in a little bit of suspense. And but yeah. I, I, you know, in my head, I was thinking the same as you, where I could see him in that final four, maybe even final two. But then it's like, well, if he's gonna go, if they're if they've positioned him well enough to be credible in that space, I don't know. I mean, it's like what him, Drew McIntyre, maybe. Mid, you know, Elias, a lot, but a lot. I feel Ali's hotter than Elias right now. Elias was just on the kickoff show, taking well, a goddamn, excuse my language, a guitar from a hook. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and he's, it, it, I, I think Ali's, above, I think he's a notch above Elias here right now. I think, you know, considering the way that Drew's been pinned and is kind of, I don't, he, it depends was, on what happens in the next four weeks. Well, yeah. Ask me when we are. Ask me when we're a Wednesday in front of Royal Rumble Sunday, and I'll. I'll it depends on what happens. I mean, again, again, in two, two weeks from now, Mustafa. We two weeks from now, Mustafa Ali may not, may not be on SmackDown at all. Not even with a promo or nothing. And then all of a sudden, we're going to go, "What the hell?" So, I mean, let's you know, again, let's 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 they see what four weeks old. They hooked him super strong here tonight. I, I agree. Know. I agree. But let's see if they stay consistent. So ask me again in four weeks. And I think part of it's fan service, not to take anything away from Mustafa, but part of it's they looked at the reaction he got last week. Okay, we're going to listen to the fans now. Hey, that guy you really liked last week, he's on the main roster and he just pinned yeah. Daniel Bryan. I mean, Nick, you said it yourself last week. I mean, you said it respectfully to a guy that you've worked with. I mean, you know, okay, again, 
let's give him the next year to continue to rise. But I mean, in, in a month, are we going to declare him verbally ready to talk people into the building for a mania title match? Daniel Bryan was not verbally ready when he was given the title. He's verbally ready now. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And Glenn's right. They saw the reaction. They say, yes, we're getting behind the fans. We're going to give you what you want. You like this guy. He went out there. He delivered again. He pinned the world champion. Where do you go from there? And is a rumble win where you go? I don't know. Well, if that sort of logic is true, then Sami Zayn is coming back and he's going to strip the title from Brock Lesnar. And I could not be happier about that idea. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I don't know that they'd go that far, but I think I think uh, <laughs> I thought the fans were in charge now. Well, people do like Sami Daniel Bryan's champion. Sami Zayn's got a hot return. The women are putting on the best matches ever. Seems like not going to Crown Jewel is probably the, the best choice. Oh, yeah. John Cena is going to be in a Bumblebee movie this weekend. Um, it's getting really good reviews. You dude, it's like 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I might actually go see it. Takes place in the 80s. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Ditto. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I just, it's like, where do you go from here? You just had the guy pin the world champion. I mean, I could see him spinning off and having some credible matches with some other top talent on SmackDown with the announcers reminding everyone this guy's pinned WWE champion Daniel Bryan. Mm, seems like a nice launch pad to, to whatever they're going to do next. I enjoyed Corey Graves uh, reading off some environmental tips during this match last night. Good. Yeah. It's good. Well, teach the children to hate recycling. <laughs> I mean, it's weird though, right? We talked about this when it started because on one hand, I'm like, he's saying things that I say. Like, it's like he just looked at my Facebook feed, you know, or like the vegan subreddit, like just going straight off. But then I was like, oh, yeah, but they think this is something to poke fun at and mock. I want to see him cut an angry promo where he's physically cutting up them uh, six-pack uh, plastic rings that you get on Coca-Cola. He's, like, upset. He's chopping them. He put them in a pile. Saving the fishes and the ducks. Carrying around. What's that? Nothing good. Daniel carrying around a bag with his own feces that he's going to take home and fertilize his garden. Compost. Yes. I feel bad because I'm, I'm, I, especially I think compared to Glenn and maybe you, Nick, I'm like, I am nowhere near as environmentally conscious or, or care. So it's, it, so, or, so I feel bad when I watch this because part of me does laugh and part of me does go, I'm not supposed to be laughing. I don't think, but I am laughing here. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, not, my, I'm admitting I don't take the environment as serious as I should. I, you know, and, and my, my big takeaway from SmackDown was like SmackDown maintained being good. And if anything, like Vince came in and like seemed to want to play in the sandbox with those guys, you know, it was very different. I thought than raw raw, like opened with the McMahons doing their McMahon thing. But then on SmackDown, they were more like uh, cast members. They felt like mm. they were a part of the show in a way. And I just thought it was a very, di I mean, if it's like, if I'm going to get SmackDown now with hilarious Vince backstage vignettes mixed in. That's and Ali on top. That's a win. I got no issues here from New SmackDown. New SmackDown's like old SmackDown, but with you know more syrup or something. Yes, and uh, Mustafa Ali won with the 054 on Daniel Bryan for the pin to win. Uh, final thoughts on the new new era of SmackDown Live. Climate change denier Justin Labar. What say you? <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, I guess it wasn't a bad show. Uh, again, a lot of questions. I'm going to reserve a lot of the harsh judgment for like i said we got to see big picture i, I want to see i want to see give me give, give it two months so let me see where we're at in february mm -hmm. um if it, if it really feels like they have tried uh consistently to to better things it was kind of the thing though back to the point about the conspiracy smackdown more or less just sort of did what smackdown did what smackdown does and it was good kind of like you know when i tricked my friend into going to toastmasters i won speech of the night Take that for, oh, I need to work on my public speaking skills. Smackdown pulled the wool over Vince's eyes, and Raw will be the better for it. What else is going on in the world of professional wrestling? Nick Hausman. Uh, well, um, well, we do have a spoiler we're going to get to about Smackdown Live here. Uh, so in a couple minutes here, if you don't want to have uh, a spoiler for next week revealed, uh, you might want to take your headphones off. But we do have a couple news things we'll touch on here. Uh, RVD. Uh, fueling speculation that he may be returning to action here. A uh, fan tweeted that he hadn't heard about RVD in forever, and RVD responded, you will soon. I don't know if that means that he's coming back to WWE or going to uh, guest on a Snoop Dogg album. I'm not sure what that means. <clears throat> but RVD, is there a market for RVD, Justin? I don't know if there is in WWE, and I like, I mean, I like RVD. I don't know anybody who doesn't. 
But I mean, I feel like we've we've done the whole bring him back around Rumble time several times before. Um, and, and again, they, they they we again as they're bringing NXT people in. I mean, they're I mean, that'll be rosters plenty full. I do think there's a market for an RVD in terms of regular consistency. If if there is a new promotion starting up and you're looking to have somebody who's not going to be the most expensive, who's got a lot of, who's got a, who's got a lot of credibility and who is a draw whenever he does make appearances. You know. He's what ten, he's what 10k on the indies to get RVD. Is that bad if I'm giving out numbers for like how much they're booking? But like that's not cheap. Cheaper than Ray was. Yeah, yeah much much cheaper than Ray. But I mean, but my, my point being is like he's not like you know it's, it's not like getting a CM Punk or something. You know what? You know I mean you can get RVD for whatever price you get him for, and then if you, if you have him, he's a draw. He's somebody we haven't seen on on American television in a couple of years. Uh, but everybody everybody loves the whole gimmick. Uh, I'm just, you know, so I, I, that's that's in my mind where I would peg him is if so, if somebody's trying to start something new and get some new attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, as, as a as a supporting as a supporting role, not I'm not saying make him your champion. Well, Glenn, do you want to see RVD back in WWE? I like RVD, but I don't know how how much legs that would have in the WWE. Yeah, I agree. Well, uh, Raw, by the way, as much as we didn't uh, feel it ourselves in some regards, was up significantly sixteen percent sixteen percent. Increase in average viewership. It was their best, uh, most viewed show since the pre-Evolution Raw on October 22nd. Um, could just be a blip, right? It seems like largely folks just turned in for the McMahons, uh, but I guess we can follow that one. Um, WWE polls. Uh, WWE's got a poll up asking if superstars should get their automatic title rematches. 65% say that maybe they shouldn't. That is an antiquated idea. This is actually fairly controversial to me. Glenn, do you think that superstars should be getting their automatic title rematches? I think it's kind of hokey, right? I mean, when we talk about the problem that we see the same match again and again and again, and the automatic title rematch, unless there's a gap, it normally doesn't reverse the decision. I don't know. It just seems kind of it's filler. Uh, well, I mean, Justin, you brought up the Fox sports deal. This is more UFC oriented, right? In UFC, you're not guaranteed an automatic title rematch, right? Uh, yeah, this is... This is it, it, they should uh, they should do away with this. This this perpetuates the problems of of which that they're now trying to say that the work they're going to move past from, which is the formula. This person loses, okay, now we know they got to have a rematch. And it's just it's it's dumb. Let's let's not. I mean, you either go all the way or you don't. So you either go all the way with the with the imaginary rule book, which is a champion has to defend every thirty days. <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. Uh, you either go all the way and you, you know, you 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 you, you create a rule book. A physical one that people can buy on WWE Shop. You either create a rule book, they have you go one. buy it. Yes, there is an act. That book exists. All right. Well, then you then you either go buy it, and then you can honor the whole rematch thing, or you do the hell away with it because it's a freaking entertainment show. You only you, you don't need to have this damn thing that's an inconvenience in the booking, quite frankly. So I'm do away with it. Man, I, I I kind of I don't know. I'm a little I disagree a little bit. You make a lot of really good points too, so I don't want to like disagree too hard. But for me, it takes away like part of the. The, what makes the belt credible and like the desire to have the title, you know, I think it, it helps to tell that story in some ways. I mean, I get all those other points as well about cornering yourself in booking wise, but from a, this is a real sport perspective rules like this make me feel like there is some structure and some reality to it. If you get rid of that, it's just like, it can become chaos. I don't know. If I, w- I would, I would agree if, if they honored all the rules and the other big rule that used to be a big thing, which is a champion has to defend every 30 days. And they would use that when they needed to use it. But now, but now that the most obvious blatant disregard of that is Brock Lesnar for the last three years, it then makes the whole, well, why the hell are we honoring? You have to have a rematch. Then. Fair. Glenn, any other thoughts on the automatic tie? Have you been swayed either way here by these, by these opinions? I just, I, I get it. But if it never results in anything of, interest or note i don't know i just i want more new more different i don't want to keep seeing the same matches again and again and this is a great way to cut one of those matches that we see repeated uh, and lastly here on the news side of things before we get to the big smackdown spoiler for next week bray wyatt uh more cryptic messages saying goodbye we did talk about this last week i believe more of the same i don't really feel like bray is leaving wwe justin do you get that vibe no, I don't. I mean, again, it's the more riddle, riddle and rhyme, which I've talked about. I'll say this though: if um, you know, if 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 Bray Wyatt's character wasn't based around all this empty riddle and rhyme, uh, I would read these tweets and actually get concerned, like a Pete Davidson kind of thing. Like, what the hell is he talking about? Is he okay? But, 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 but everybody, luckily, yeah. But luckily, his, 
but luckily his character kind of like fits this whole like stuff. So if you just read it in his, in his character, but if, if his character wasn't, or if his Twitter was normally reserved for the man for Wyndham Rotunda to talk, then I'd be worried when I read the tweets. But this his, his Twitter has always been in character, so I don't really think about. Well, then how about you? Are you swayed to think that Bray could be doing something meaningful, or is this more of the same? I think uh, star. You know, when stars have nowhere else to go uh, creatively, they go to social media. Oh, I thought you were going to make like a space metaphor, but no, you're oh. right. It's like when stars go nowhere, when stars have nowhere left to go, they become black holes. Well, on TV, they do. That's why <laughs> social media is their time to shine. I guess that yeah. metaphor works too. That's funny. No, uh, I think, yeah, I think he's trying to stoke some interest, right? Because if the fans forget about who forgot about Bray, yes, if the fans forget about Bray, then that's the worst thing that could happen. He has to have people wondering. What's this crazy MF we're going to do next? Uh, and uh, lastly here, I don't know, Glenn, do you want to you spoil everybody? What's going to happen next week on SmackDown? Should we tell everybody? It's like puppy dog ears. What did they say? In, in well, Wolf before Street? we say that, because I know people are tuning in and people are going to want to hear this before they tune out. Uh, Nick didn't watch the Henry Winkler turns professional wrestler movie, the one and only. No. Let's talk about it on this podcast. I got too busy. I watched Final Battle. I had to watch TLC. I had to drink. <laughs> And then, uh, well, I'll have it next week or soon. We got to do it with Winkler, though. I feel like we can talk about it, but it's going to be more with Henry Winkler. Winkler on the Winkley. Make it happen. Yeah, I would love that. Absolutely. Okay, spoiler. SmackDown, Christmas. Uh, Rusev is your new United States champion. Ugh, good. Good. Yeah. Right? This is a yeah. good Christmas surprise for everybody. And, and it'll probably help t- people tune in to actually watch Rusev win because they like Rusev. It's a good call. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, we've, yeah. 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 Good. Wonderful. Any other thought? That was like, it was like, oh, announcement. Thoughts? Good. Wonderful. No, overdue. 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 Aiden yeah. should show up the next week. And again, pull a Costanza. They never broke up. He should show up singing and just acting like, you know, been there this whole time yeah uh well that's it uh that's the uh, the end of the show i have an announcement to make here um before we we wrap it up and i'll, I'll do my plug here for the winkley we are going to be changing things up a bit in the at the top of the year and uh for those of you that like the smackdown review because i know that the raw review does really well uh you're going to be able to now tune in and watch glenn and watch matt morgan and watch raj geary immediately after smackdown and have that discussion as you would do the raw reviews at the top of the year. And on top of that, for those of you that like tuning in at noon Eastern and hearing about news of the day, the Winkly is going to be expanding <sighs> Tuesday through Thursday. Uh, I will be here live. Justin will join me on Wednesdays and Thursdays. I'll have Michael Weissman from Between the Ropes on Tuesdays. And uh, you're going to get a lot more quality punditry audio content going into the new year and then glenn and i will get back together for specials where we talk movies and things like that and uh and yeah that's it i'm, I'm pretty excited it's i used to do a show there was a daily wrestling show it was like monday through friday for an hour and it almost made me lose my mind so i think tuesday through thursday is uh very it's gonna be fun i think that's the right workload i'm very excited about it i love talking with justin i love talking with michael I love talking with all of you. And as part of the Winkly, you're going to get a lot more interviews. I have interviews in the can that I haven't released, and they're piling up right now. So hopefully with more daily uh, wrestling punditry, I'll be able to get more of these interviews out, and you get more exclusive content on the Wrestling Inc. website. So there you go. Good news. You excited, Glenn? I sold my soul to Wrestling Inc. It's, uh, (laughs) man, going to love those weeks. Where it's Saturday you're... takeover, Sunday pay-per-view, Monday Raw, Tuesday SmackDown. Yeah, but you're you're West Coast. So like SmackDown's done at seven o'clock for you. That, believe me, this is the justification I gave my wife when I was like Tuesday nights. Yeah, I was like, I'll be done early, we'll still have an evening. Yeah, and getting up early sucks on Wednesday, I'll be honest. Um, but uh with that said, the interviews and stuff, there we've just been getting a great response from all of these. There was an interview I wanted to do last week. Um on the precipice of TLC and it was with Bubba Ray Dudley uh, mm-hmm. who hosts a uh, bus open radio. Cause I was like, I want to get people from TLC and I got a hold of Bubba. He called me from an unknown number 
and uh, he told me he could he wanted to talk uh, final battle after it was over. And if you watch final battle, him and Flip Gordon just beat the holy hell out of each other and had a great match. Um, yesterday, <laughs> I get the call from an unknown number again, and it's Bubba, and he's ready to talk. And he wouldn't give me a number or any other way to connect, so I had to record that phone call. So tomorrow on the Winkly, you're going to get a one-hour phone conversation with Bubba and I, where he is Frank. He he drops his guard. We talk in-ring psychology. We talk the book. We talk booking. We talk his plans for Ring of Honor going into 2019. And we talk the art of being offensive. And that sounds very scholarly. And it kind of is the way it plays out. So I hope you guys tune in and you really like that. I'll also have uh, Jeff Cobb, Ring of Honor TV champion on tomorrow. But the Bubba one-hour discussion will be the bulk of our, our interviews tomorrow on the Winkly. I'm very, very excited to release this one. It's great. I love that he doesn't want you to have his phone number. That's he wouldn't. He told, he told me that he like only gives i only give my number to my mother and my family like it was something like that and uh, he you know it it was it was bizarre it was very surreal he talks about the business a lot on busted open radio but he doesn't talk about himself and his opinions of himself and the opinions of his own in-ring psychology and work and we get into it and i again i'm just very proud of it and i i hope you guys all check it out it's a great talk cool Look forward to that. Justin Labar, what do you want to plug before we take this home here? Wrestling Reality, uh, my podcast. Uh, you know, Some of these topics we talk about, I touch on there, but go deeper in some other things, answer your questions. Specifically, uh, Wrestling Reality, every Thursday morning, get it on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, uh, Wrestling Reality, presented by Ticket King. There you go. Have uh, Happy holidays to everybody. Yes. Awesome. Hope everyone has a good holiday. Enjoy it. We'll see you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.